0: This episode of Agents Represent is brought to you by our amazing supporters at patreon.com slash aznsrepresent and the One Shot Podcast Network. Join our Discord community by heading to aznsrepresent.com. Let's get this started off right, right? Because, um... I'm going to get ahead of it because I know that Liana was planning on calling me out for the time it has taken to actually make this episode. And I,
1: All all I will say is I'm very excited to be taking part in this today. Um, I know it was a trial to be able to throw this all together and uh, find the time to slot it in, and I'm glad that you took the time to... Uh i'll allow
0: this to happen i mean it wasn't it's not really a trial right because this isn't an experiment i was i was was trying to give you cover no 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 it's this this isn't (laughs) an experiment right because i think we've in the episodes that we've done in the past we've kind of shown that like this is not an experiment this is the type of content that we need to make and i know was like oh you know once a season we'll do a collab like this and now like this is like the third episode of this season um Where maybe this is the season of Asians represent, where every single episode doesn't just have Asian people in it. Um, But I, uh, the reason why I honestly, because Liana, as long as I've known you, (laughs) you've been like, we should do an anime episode. Um, And I think if I went back and looked at our our Discord DMs, we'd probably I'd probably find something like that. Um, But I probably would also likely find uh, a question from me being like, if we're doing an anime episode, what is the actual subject of it? Are we just kind of here to talk about anime? What are we going to talk about? And I think...
1: Give me a second while I pull up my document. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that our anime episode really aligned with the type of content we're making on the podcast. And since we started doing a lot more, and I, w- I want to call them community collaborations with with Black creators uh, and Black scholars and, and Black... You know personalities in the space. I think now is the perfect time to do an anime episode because anime is very much a an art form, a medium that bridges the black and Asian communities, very much like the kung fu films of the 1970s. If you yeah. go back to our previous episode on Asian cinema and black exploitation, episode 57, featuring Stefan. Um, so and I think anime is the perfect follow up and we said that during that episode and it was like what is the next step and anime is essentially and people are going to read this wrong because I said that in my I was like I was, in my head I oh. went anime is the new kung fu film and I was like that is somebody's going to miss that is going to be misunderstood An- anime be is going to be taken the, out
1: of context and put up on twitter for, for yep. people to scream at you
0: about Daniel, Daniel who ruined D&D said that anime is just all kung fu <laughs> Um, that's what's going to happen. But anime is the new bridge. I will say anime is the new bridge between um, you know, like our broader communities. And that's why we have this amazing group of panelists. We have quite a few returning folks. We have Emma, Liana, Navar, and Stefan. But we have a, a new person, a new person who has joined us. And I want to tell a little bit of a story, actually, as to... Uh, how oh, we got a story you behind this yes there is a story <laughs> <Sorry, what? laughs> there is a story it's not a it's not a it's not a long story but I think it's a it's a I think it's a cute story so mm. when I was like you know what we're gonna do this episode uh because I had you know talking I've i had spoken to Navar and, and Stefan about this and then during the episode uh we did Stefan I said hey we should we should finally do this Liana of course was like well, now we're gonna do it and <laughs> so I was like of course Liana is going to be there because it's basically Liana's episode, and then when I think of anime and Asians represent, the next person I think of is John Ryamasa on Twitter, and I so I messaged yeah. John and I was like, John, it's happening. <laughs> I was like, John, bring your bring your weave energy to the stream and let's talk about anime um, because. Liana's episode is going to happen I didn't actually say that but in my head it was like (laughs) I'm just making sure that this happens so Liana doesn't kill me and John said as much as I'd love to I have a person who would be better for this and mentioned you Wally.
2: I feel like that's like when we cut to the uh, FBA helicopter landing outside of a cabin and I'm outside of the cabin wielding the uh, buster sword that I, off- I ordered off of eBay as I'm chopping wood and <laughs> uh, John and Daniel just come out the helicopter, John is there twirls a revolver a couple of times With and hat. I stop chopping I'm like ah, never said I go back to this life and it's something like that
3: you know? <laughs> yeah. I can see it <laughs>
0: I, I, can, I can see that happening. Um,
1: Fun it. I want to watch this anime. Yeah. yeah. Stores, <laughs> stores
4: the Buster Sword in your inventory of holding. <laughs> this, this is the With sequel the to. This is the
0: true sequel to Rush Hour that, that, we, that, we, that we all wanted. There you go. There is, you go. This is the genre mashup. Oh my. Yeah. It's oh the this genre is the mashup of like Shanghai Noon and <laughs> Rush Hour. Um... <laughs> um the first movie is great. The no, the movie first is movie is fantastic. The first okay? movie is great. Yeah. Um. Another great like blending of cultures, and that is a whole other episode to talk about. Sort of westerns and uh, specifically Chinese representation in the West uh, and the Wild West. I mean, um. Yeah. But that's another mm-hmm. episode. I'll add that to the notes. But for this one, we're talking about anime. Um. I think since we've got a new guest, it's important for us to do introductions. So I'm gonna go. Uh, We're going to go clockwise from me. So we'll start at Stefan and then we'll go all the way around and then end with Emma. Um, Stefan, tell, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What are you up to? Why are you here?
5: Yeah. So, uh, I am a, um, a scholar of, um, pop culture history. Uh, I focus a lot on films and other, uh, pop culture artifacts like tabletop role-playing games. Um, uh, uh, movies cinema um particularly all throughout the 20th century and representation in all of those different mediums um and uh you can find me uh kind of rambling on about things on twitter um as it relates to race and representation uh at umbral underscore night x
0: i wouldn't say it's rambling i think i would say it's like educating <laughs> the masses <laughs> educating the I mean- masses
5: I try. I try. <laughs> through
1: the medium of Twitter, the most <laughs> through the, wonderful through
0: the of hellhole communication.
1: that is Twitter
5: yeah. um, <laughs> I picked I picked I didn't want to pick easy mode, so you know. <laughs> yeah. if you didn't want to pick
0: easy mode and then you're even more active on Twitter and then Spelljammer comes out. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. And then we learned that about a, I think we learned about Star Star Frontiers. That's a whole uh, other thing, right? Oh my goodness. Actually,
5: did we lose lose Wally.
0: Uh, we just lost Wally. That's okay. Wally will be back. Um, we should. Yeah, we should that's be a whole
5: okay. other thing. That both both of those. Uh, uh, yeah, touchstone touchstone moments. T- of like, are you serious?
0: Mm-hmm. Touchstone is. Uh, sure, that's a way to put it. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm, tr- I'm trying to be kind. Yeah. yeah uh, some. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> yeah. when things like that happen, sometimes. Folks like TSR don't deserve kindness. Especially you know, with I mean, what they put out.
5: I mean, this is fair. I mean, this is totally fair. And I think... Uh, I think... Uh, the unfortunate thing, I think, with uh, like the Star Frontiers, that was an obvious, just blatant and, and trash and garbage and I can't say enough foul things about it. Um, the, uh, the The TSR thing is just such a function of their inability and refusal to listen to uh things that people have been saying time and time again but it's also um i uh, i've said multiple times since that the the whole spell drummer thing that it's a function of them completely expressing their willfully ignorant privilege in that they um they went into that project. I would bet you money they went into that project thinking, "Oh well, you know, we're not dealing with any earthly cultures, so we don't need a sensitivity reader on this one." Yeah. yeah. S- yeah. See where it got them. I. Yeah. It's it's
2: it's it's like, it's like they made pretty much like made a a huge advancement with the last book in regards to this, like saying, "Yeah, we know you can do whatever you want." This, you know race is not a thing anymore we're all like yay hey, that's great but here's a new thing and we're just going to take five step backwards we're like yeah
5: yeah yeah i mean radiant citadel radiant citadel has so many great things in it and uh and it's just a shame that that's
0: overshadowed like, by yeah all the other stuff that's happened that is a shame yes, it is it is
5: because i think um uh i think the team on that did such a phenomenal job and it deserves a lot of praise and it was a lot of, but, but I think it also shows that um, when we're talking about any sort of entertainment and, and, and media, that um, there's no like finish line, right? Like where we can just say, "Ha, ah, we, we victory and mm-hmm. that it's an ongoing thing. And that you can find, and TSR is a perfect example of um, them listening, but kind of listening with only half an ear, and mm-hmm. and then saying, oh, we're going to do this and then just completely falling right on their face.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um So to prove my point, not really rambling on Twitter, but educating the masses. <laughs> there we go. The, the next person who also happens to be an educator. Emma, tell, tell us about tell the audience about you. Who are you?
6: Yeah, we got reorganized. Here. We
0: got reorganized. <laughs> yeah. That's OK. Yeah. yeah.
6: All right. Yeah. Hi. Emma Yasui. Um, I am an archaeologist. I've focused on ancient Japan for a very long time. And, yeah, archaeology brought me around to also studying and teaching about East Asian pop culture, specifically Japanese stuff, when I can. and all of the different interactions with the past and different populations and then I got into some of the transnational and diaspora stuff and uh, a few years ago Daniel roped me into the TTRPG world and I have been here since.
0: I feel like that's what I do. I feel like I just (laughs) I feel like that's what I do.
6: Now I also do cultural consultation and sensitivity reading uh, for games related to or trying to use Japanese themes and history and content and culture and all so of that. It, it always sounds like such a wonderful and fulfilling job to
1: be able to look at everyone's take on the Sengoku period. Oh boy, oh, yeah.
0: Oh boy. Oh, I mean, oh, again. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about feudal oh, Japan in a moment. Um, I think every
6: time I've been on Asia's represent I'm like just got to say I don't care about samurai. <laughs> Or ninja Yeah, we're like—I mean, we
0: did an entire so episode. Goku is
6: not my jam. We did an
0: entire episode on anything called anything but samurai. Oh
6: yeah,
0: um, <laughs> because because it's like what what more is there? Like we want something different, and so we did a whole thing on that.
1: According there. according to Blizzard, the, what what else is there is ninja because their third Japanese character is also a ninja.
0: Oh, the Overwatch character who who throws kunais. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, that's... we have one that throws shurikens. Now we have one that throws kunais. Um, Super. Yeah. Diversity. yeah. We did yeah. it, y'all. Lizard. We fixed it. And, <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's free to Little play. Little fireworks go
2: off.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. But, Emma, happy that you're here. I'm happy that the conversation is continuing. Because yeah. you and I talked for, like, we were playing games yesterday. Yeah. And we were just talking about this stuff. Um, so I also
6: I'm- read a lot of, like scholarly takes on anime and I spend a lot of time like heavily sighing.
0: <laughs> Heav- heavily like, sighing at the scholars?
6: Yeah. You read some really interesting things but then also most of Western scholarships takes on East Asian media are not uh... not
0: good. Not what I'm looking not... for. Yeah. I mean I think yeah. I feel like you're just describing Western scholarship oh, <laughs> well, in general. do
1: Dump. Daniel getting spicy for I'm, 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 not, on Twitter. I'm, I'm
0: not bitter. <laughs> I mean no, not at all <laughs> I mean
5: as, as someone who is a Western scholar who happens to be black, I'm gonna say 100% because most of them shocker are white men yes. and a fair amount of white women, but they're mostly white and, and overwhelmingly in, in academia and they are still looking at things from a white perspective. Um, and they are still um, doing scholarship based on years of scholarship that was formulated and conceptualized by white men almost yep. exclusively. Mm. Aren't they typically wealthy
1: too? Just because, like,
5: to <laughs> a fair, to a, fair be a fair number in that of...
1: position, you need the money to. to... Not I mean, when you have real, something called like, tenure yeah
5: yeah i mean a fair number of the certainly the noted scholars in um, um uh things like that and 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 it's very like uh very it's it's a ongoing kind of pervasive hierarchical thing that has gone on i mean famously you know one of the more famous uh black scholars uh in in Stuart hall who i use a lot in my work who does a lot of stuff on Reception theory and the way we we um, both output and uh, take in um, media and popular culture representations and, and all sorts of other things. I mean, he was going to be a medievalist, but he was turned away by some dude named J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, um, uh, <clears throat> and, and so, that's thanks. So thank, <laughs> that, that's his so own episode. That's to, a whole to, episode. To, that's, that's a whole to episode. Get a yeah, whole to
1: get episode. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In
5: the internet mad at Yeah, yeah. Let's
6: yeah. Do Stuart Hall stuff. Highly, highly right.
5: So, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll there, link there, those. The we'll thing. link those. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, well, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. But, but uh, just saying, I totally agree. There's the problem is, is that Western scholarship, has got problems still.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it needs, you know, it needs fresh perspective. And, and you know, speaking of fresh perspective, new faces, new voice. Oh, man, two Asians me. represent Wally. Daniel, Wally. Daniel, you I mean, I told, this, to I, I, told somebody, I told our like origin story. Told our origin story, but like,
2: Daniel, tell us, buddy. You're tell a, like jiffy loop. that's how smooth you are with <laughs> transitions. <Yeah. That's> okay. <laughs> what's up y'all so, it's uh, me wally <laughs> how's everyone doing uh you can find me on twitter at wale132 like the cute little disney robot where pretty much all i talk about the shows that i'm in like i'm in a lot of i t- i'm a ttrpg streamer i'm a personality i made it my personal goal to in every show that I'm in to at least have one anime reference be it big or small. Like I have like really I'm I'm not even joking that's like this like little like kind of like goal I've given to myself is that yes, I'm going to put it I'm will put an anime reference in every single thing I do. Uh, like I was playing I was playing Flames of Freedom with this as a Zweihander uh, game and I'm sitting there the entire game like man how am I gonna put my anime reference in this and then someone said okay we're facing against a bunch of doppelgangers how are we all going to be able to avoid the doppelgangers and make sure we're able to know who each other really is and then I'm sitting at the table I'm like we're all gonna draw X's on our wrists. And everyone at the table is like, Wally, what, what? It's like, yes, we're all gonna draw X's on our wrists. That's what we're gonna do. That's what my character says. We're all drawing X's on our wrists to make sure we can figure out who's not the doppelganger, who's really the person. Everyone at the table is like, yeah, this is a great idea. And I'm saying <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's, my, that's, my, that's my totally original idea. <laughs>
2: But yeah, um, that's pretty much my goal. Is to it, like those who did get that was a One Piece reference, and a really awesome One Piece reference. Um, <laughs> but that's pretty much like my goal in that because, like, I love anime for the simple fact that it's it's not white stories. That's that's it. It's it's not white stories. Like, yes, there are there are anime that are out there that make you go like ah, and everything. But guess what? It's not white stories, and that's kind of like why I, I like first got into anime because I was like I watched a lot of like western cartoons growing up and it's I love western animation it is a huge like part of me and I think that I everything that I enjoy but it was the fact that there was a cartoon that wasn't made by white people that just let me go okay yeah hold on a second let me let me check this out and like and it was really interesting to see the difference between like american cartoons and western cartoons and then like as i grew up i started noticing not just like uh like the writing styles but even production that maybe started paying attention to the little things of like oh staff there was a time when like when western when like they pretty much swap places and we're making eastern cartoons and they were making cartoons for us it it was really cool and like that's like really what got me into just like Appreciating anime is appreciating anime like not just as a form of media, but as a for a full art art form that on every single a full out like multimedia art form and that I just want to uh, put it in like everything that I create and put out there.
0: I when you were first of all, that's super awesome that you're playing Flames of Freedom. I worked on that game. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I was one of the consultants on that game. Awesome. Um when you were describing that, like, what are we gonna do with all the Gangers? My initial thought was, okay, I'm gonna go into an internal monologue, <laughs> <laughs> and I had internal monologue. I'm gonna force force the GM to be like, time for a flashback scene, <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: and
0: then it's gonna flashback to it's gonna be like this childhood scene where you're talking about this very yeah. special moment, like to oh, scene. <laughs> it's a childhood scene. You're like you're like squatting by the river. And you find like a, a beautiful rock, and you hand it the other person, and then it and there's this memory, of, like keep that on you forever. And then whew, return to the present. What was the color of that rock that it gave you by the river? <laughs> 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 that literally, as you were describing it before, you said we're going to do the one piece thing. I was like childhood flashbacks.
2: That's what I would do. Just like cue the sad narrative sitting on a swing music. Let's go. Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent go um, more sepia tone, a little fuzzy way. oh yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit of that and it doesn't maybe maybe they aren't there isn't even animation it's just stills it's just stills yeah. you know that's all it is like it's, moving that's, slightly that's, moving still it
6: stills. is like ha, ha,
1: ha. Yeah. No, no you gotta it's use so the scary. stock footage from the from the older episodes too like, oh
2: 100%. no yes exactly yes 100%. but the thing is it looks weird because this was before it was like right before the transition to hd so they have to put like this weird like blurry side box <laughs> yes. at the of yes. the black boxes.
0: One hundred percent.
2: Because they don't want to put in a lot of money to recreate the full scene from like ground up because they have to like, pay animators money. Oh. Like, oh no, <laughs> let's not do that. No, 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 no. We're gonna
0: reuse animation. We're even maybe we'll take some like we'll just trace over the manga. Um, it's like we're
2: Tatsunoko, <laughs> we're not Toei. Come on. Oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'll mean, just thinking about anime. <laughs> yeah. no, we're going to go into it because we, we haven't done introductions yet. And, like, I mean, yeah, I know I want to talk about anime, but nobody wants to talk about anime more than the next person, Liana. Liana, tell us about yourself and your anime inspired TTRPG.
1: Of course. Hello. So, my name is Liana McKenzie. For, for the anime bona fides, um, we started watching anime seriously uh, when my cousins. Rented from the shady video store in Chinatown, the original Dragon Ball Z movies in like 1992, in the original Japanese without doves, without subtitles. So it's been a pretty much a lifelong love affair. Um, that honestly really kicked up when I watched Evangelion at age 10. Well, you should not have. You should that's, not. That's kind of a mind Evangelion for a 10-year-old? 10 year <laughs> old. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but. Uh, I made uh, Valor, which is an anime-inspired tabletop RPG, uh, very much about like shouting attack names, power club, and friendship—cool uh, stuff. Wally is, is uh, helping with an uh, actual play that I sponsored, which they are running a Final Fantasy Tactics-inspired game, which is super fun, and Wally uh, and the entire cast are amazing. So, shout out to that! Um, and yeah, I saw
2: my that my in action of me trying to put anime references in everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me- meanwhile, I just hand you a system that's like. What more can you give me?
0: <laughs>
1: this isn't enough.
0: <laughs> Create. Make something. Make art. Um, that th- That is awesome. Yeah, I, I got to say, like one thing that I do want us to talk about is the fact that when talking about Valor, go by Valor, um, but when talking about Valor, you always kind of preface it, you, you always say anime-inspired. You don't say this is an anime or TTRPG. You, say, you always say it's an anime-inspired one. And I think that's something that we should talk about within the greater context of this conversation. And yeah, before we... D- oh, go ahead.
1: Just because you're bringing it, I do want to talk about that. Um, I am Vietnamese. I'm also Scottish. Kind of a weird mix, but, you know, roll with it. I'm not Japanese. I am i don't... And this is something that I, I see white creators will sometimes kind of not quite respect this boundary. I don't want to claim that my system and my, my output is anime. If someone wants to prescribe that to it, that's... You know great but i'm not of the culture that originally produced this work and i feel like it's very important to be honest about how you take inspiration from works that inspire you but you don't colonize them
0: yeah 100 100 -hmm. um wow that was deep i don't know if i have a segue for that (laughs) i have a segue for that this is the first time i haven't had a segue in a while um But you know who probably does have a segue because they are a fantastic podcaster? Okay, here
4: we go. Navar. Tell us
0: about you and Secret Nerd Podcast.
4: You want to talk about deep, let's talk about Secret Nerd Podcast. Um, (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Navar. uh, Pronouns he, him. I am the host and creator of the Secret Nerd Podcast, um, where I talk to people about their individual TTRPG experiences and their lives in NerdDumb and how uh, those two things interact. Um, so yeah, I've had Daniel on the show. I've had Stefan on the show. Um, I will have. I will try to have all of you on the show. that um, would <laughs> yeah, be that's, awesome. That's the plan. Um, but yeah, uh, I I am super excited for this. This is my second time on the show. Um, the first time was incredible. It was the day after my birthday. Um, yeah, and this is this is gonna be a blast. My intro into anime. Um, I realized recently. Yeah, I thought it was D B Z, but honestly I used to watch Sailor Moon as a kid. Sailor I used to Moon. wake up early mm. and watch Sailor Moon before school, my brother and I. Um and then it was D B Z. And it was like I had enough friends that I would always get stuck either playing like Krillin or TN uh as um, as we were role playing out in the uh, in the yard. Um so I didn't even get, you know, a Yamcha. Or Piccolo. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we didn't have, I was like the last friend. So I got, that was, that was my pick. Um But yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited for this. This has been fun. My, I've been consuming more anime recently. So I have a very, like, I don't know, in my thirties outlook on a lot of things that um, I get to see for the first time uh, with that critical eye. And I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. I, it's funny. You mentioned Sailor Moon. Cause that, that was one of my introductions to anime. It was like, the, the trifecta of like, you know, like Sailor Moon, Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing. um, But I I have, and I, I don't think I've ever shared right, this. I'm like- a
1: Toonami kid.
2: Yeah, right. I, I wasn't a tsunami kid. I was a sci-fi channel anime movie kid.
0: Oh. That I somehow me, randomly
6: yeah. saw all of the original Astro Boy, but
0: like... Yeah, no, that was your introduction.
6: That was, that was the first thing I ever saw was the colorized version of the... 1950s through late 60s astro boy and like how did i find that why did my parents let me watch that who knows
1: <laughs>
0: I... every episode That's i always
1: got right yeah, yeah.
0: every it's episode of I...
6: kids to be fair
0: i always share something personal about myself in every episode and navarra you mentioned sailor moon <laughs> and well into my adulthood I was always like, how the fuck does this tuxedo mask throw roses like that? And and, who's this guy? And (laughs) and if I ever had a flower with a a long, rigid stem like that, I would throw them well into my 20s. Because I just thought that was so cool. Um, That is so cool. um, And I'll. (laughs) So if you ever see me at a con, bring me a plastic rose and I'll fucking try to throw it. Oh, yeah. you best believe I will. Uh, yeah. The answer is that I was, was Tuxedo think.
1: Mask's magical ability to make up for the fact that he sucked at
5: literally everything else.
3: No, yeah. That's fair.
0: That's um, fair. I yeah. just don't, I don't have that ability. <laughs> what I learned.
5: This is, this is amazing for me because uh, I, I'm a little bit older than everybody here. So my introduction for, for anime was in the 1970s and i the first anime that i watched uh probably pretty simultaneously were both american adaptations of japanese shows so i watched battle of the planets which was an adaptation of uh science ninja team gatchaman um there's those ninja again um ah, and uh, uh, and then uh and then star blazers which was an adaptation of space battleship yamato uh and uh, those like hit uh, um, American television, both pretty heavily in the late seventies. Um, and so I would like rush home from after school and sit there and like, cause this was like completely new, um, new to me. And uh, particularly with star blazers, because uh, you know, American television at that time was years away from having any kind of a story arc. And Star Blazers had a story arc and I was like, just wrapped, you know, and it was about the same time that I, uh, uh had like discovered, uh, D and D. Um, and, and so this whole concept of like telling these extended stories and all just kind of meshed for me. And I was like, I'm, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm locked into this. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Now, in preparation for this, there was a lot of prep that went into this episode. I think we all mutually agreed to give ourselves homework. And the homework we all agreed on was try to watch Yasuke on Netflix. Uh, and
1: I, I, did had anyone... to, I had to decline that one because I refuse to give Netflix money right now because of the transphobic bullshit. I did, I did. I did. I did refresh my memory on Samurai Chambers about
0: even better series because that's actually actually a better series that's actually a better series and much better i don't think Mm -hmm. did anybody make it i got to episode three of yasuke
2: i i i powered i powered myself through it as as i i gave you my my own critique of it at at the beginning but can i give it again of
0: course yeah yeah because i think it, it works into the broader conversation
2: all right so um when it comes to, like, samurai and anime, and I, I'm not, I'm talking about samurai and ninja and anime, I've seen it a lot in that whenever there's a samurai and ninja themed anime or anything, I'm not even talking about, like, like, live action, like, tokusatsu stuff, they don't take it seriously. Because it's like, why would you take history seriously? It's not supposed... You're not supposed to take history seriously. It's supposed to be interesting. If you did history one for one, it wouldn't be interesting. So... Me, hearing that there's going to be a Yasuke anime, I'm like, oh, let's go. Give me a Yasuke anime. I want to see Yasuke like, in studio trigger, style, production style, like flashes of light cutting down people. Let's go. I want to hear the story that has been lost to history, adapted in a really fantastical way. I saw the first clips of it and the artwork of it and looked really serious. So I'm like, okay okay cool cool they're not taking a a fantastic adaption of it they're rooting it in something so maybe it's going to be you know like dark and you know gritty like berserk or something or or like vinland saga that's that's another that's another great that's historical. historical yeah that's grounded in realism cool there's mechas in it <laughs> and that so i'm like okay okay so we so we're so we're gonna we're gonna go full circle all right we're seeing the meccas only once,
0: and and then there's a mecca with branding on it. It's got branding yeah. on it. Yeah.
2: So wait, but when does this take place? And it, I, I felt, I felt it was a severe whiplash of tropes and genre. Like the show did not know what it wanted to be, and that stagnated it like big time. I feel like, like they just did not know what it wanted to be. Because like, if you just don't take it yourself seriously, it could have been amazing. Yeah, and I then think the one of the... that they
4: keep around is like, he's like, hey, you're a black man. <laughs> like every five seconds. Like, yeah, yeah dude,
0: we get it. <laughs> we yeah.
4: all can see him.
0: Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I think one of the, I think the, at the root of all of our criticisms of Yasuke is the fact that they marketed it as anime, not anime inspired like the TTRPG Valor. But they said, this is anime. We have a Japanese team, but we have a black creator. And when we see mechs and we see the way they portray ninja and it just the, the really horrible world building aside, very much my opinion, I think all of us kind of agreed, was that the inclusion of mechs, the inclusion and the depiction of the way ninjas are in that is very much like we need to show people that this is anime. We need to communicate to our audiences that this is anime and i think this all boils down to the fact that did this need to be anime and what does anime mean to audiences and Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Mm -hmm. i want to start with Mm -hmm. like what is what is anime is it what is what is anime in the west what is anime in japan what are these different perspectives on it and ultimately when we answer that did yasuke need to be anime and did its reliance on the label of anime actually undermine a p- potentially very groundbreaking story?
1: I do. I do want to mention too, just because I was putting data sheets together for all of this. So Yasuke was a collaboration between um, the uh, director um, Lashawn Thomas, uh, who's worked on like the Boondocks and Cannon Busters, um, both in the writing and then on the on the web. Of- uh, anime, and then Studio Mappa, which is a very well-respected Japanese studio. Um, the uh, The other director credit is Takeru Sato, who I believe is also a Studio Mappa member. I had trouble finding information on him, though, so I don't know that he's done a lot of the directorial roles. But he is he is listed additionally as credits. So if you want to get like super super purist technical because of MAPA's involvement and, and having a co-director who is from that studio, like, yeah, this is anime, obviously.
2: Yeah, I, 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 but perhaps I really, the question could
0: like, be reframed of, did you need to collaborate with an animation right, studio exactly. to tell yeah. that story? Like, did, it,
2: did it need to be? That's, yeah. the, that's a great uh, question. I, I feel like when it came, when it came to that, um, it didn't need to be, Anime adapt like anime inspired or anything. It, it it should have just been said like, hey, let's tell an animated story about this character. It's it's the
5: yes. I think I think Wally hits upon a kind of an important point right there, because one of the the problems in entertainment in the West in particular, um, and, and and this is, I'm sure, coming from the Western perspective of this collaboration, is that a lot of things are done. A lot of decisions are made based upon the expectations of the audience and a great deal of the Western audience, if they are going to be doing a story about samurai, um, even if they had not done this in, in what we might consider, um, you know, as fans or people studying these things as an, as anime, because it has samurai in it. A lot of people are instantly going to say right or wrong. They're going to say anime uh, just simply because there's samurai. Oh, look, it's got, there's katanas. It's anime. Um, and it's that, it's kind of that perception that they were playing into. I I don't think, um, it's something that annoys me about Western productions endlessly because they are kind of like catering to, um, a particular mindset that, oh, well, we have to do it this way because if we don't, then people just aren't going to be, aren't going to be interested in, and to be fair, They're probably somewhat right, because if they made something like this that wasn't geared towards anime fans, they would probably get considerably less viewership. Because the average person, uh, you know, like out uh, in in the ether probably wouldn't watch something that was kind of an animated production um, uh, of this type.
0: So kind of like when they made the bright anime?
5: Kind of, yes. Yeah, Uh, I think...
0: That's the line of thinking and, that that I that immediately popped to my head. Yeah,
5: yeah, and I think it's you know, it, it's unfortunate, but these guys, um, they're thinking with their wallets, <laughs> and they are saying, "Well, what are people going to consume?" And I and I hate to say it, just they're probably somewhat right because if they didn't, you know, this is something that is going to attract anime fans. You know, a lot of anime fans are going to watch it and go, "Man, this is trash," and like stop all of watching us. it like all of us. Uh, But if they didn't market it to anime fans, they probably wouldn't have gotten hardly anybody to watch it.
4: Well, I think like an interesting argument in that regard is that the show, the dragon prince, um, I've never heard anybody talk about that show that didn't enjoy it. Um, Made by the creators of avatar last airbender, I think. And it, doesn't like i wouldn't consider that show an anime it doesn't feel like an anime it's just like a western animated show and i think if if yasuke had been done in that same vein it probably would have felt a lot cleaner and like obviously don't include the random mechs and like the other weird shit that they included but like if you know what i mean like there's a way that this could have been done in, in a in a way that felt like this is a cool reinvention of a historical figure
5: I mean I don't disagree but I would be willing to bet you money that uh, a deep dive would probably show that shows like Avatar the Last Airbender and The Dragon Prince have a lot of follow on from anime fans. Even though it may not necessarily be like anime, I think there's a lot of like that there's a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram <laughs> um as far as fans are concerned who are going to be going going into it. Now certainly there are going to be those um who aren't and, and there are those um bridging the gap um and, and i don't disagree that it probably would have worked and succeeded uh but my point is more that that's not the way the producers of these things are thinking
0: yeah they're they're thinking that if it's anime fans of anime will will go and watch it even if yeah. they're not interested in yasuke the character um yes i also think i, I not that i don't disagree not that i don't agree with you navar but i think uh the thing with dragon prince is even though it is isn't anime, people were going to watch it because they are fans of avatar, which Emma, you and I were talking about this too. Avatar is very widely considered like a good Western analog to Japanese anime. And Mm -hmm. that's like a whole other topic. We don't have to dive into it. Um, But I, I would like to establish when we are talking about anime, does it have to be made in Japan? What are what are even the hallmarks of anime?
1: Do you mind right? if I jump in one once Yeah, go for or, it. Before we move on to this next topic, there is something I did want to make a point of, and hopefully Waltley can can uh, reboot soon. But yeah, it is so it is important to understand that there is a peculiarity about the anime fandom and the anime consuming fandom in the West, in which uh, there is a significant and loud portion of the fandom. I would equate them in terms of Volume and at least perceived power to be on the same scale as we might think of the D&D grognarts in the D&D fandom, um, who are exceptionally purists to a weird, like, uncomfortable white supremacist, Asia supremacist sort of degree, uh, to put it simply. Um, Anime consistently, and and stories perceived to be Japanese, i.e. samurai, And basically just that, um, have a very vocal component of the, of the anime fandom at large who will absolutely thrash it if it is not portrayed only by pure Japanese creatives and creators. So despite the fact that Yasuke himself as a character is a black African historical figure, uh, I believe there is a reasonable belief on the the studio and executive level, um, so long as they know what they're doing, which we should at least kind of assume that they do, that the fandom would not accept it if it did not have a strong hand of Japanese creatives invested in the the process, um, because it would just piss people off. Unfortunately, they neglected to also, you know, make a good show in that but from, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from that perspective, I understand where some of those money decisions may have come down from, and that because it involves samurai, they have this belief that it absolutely has to have a Japanese team on board with it. Yeah. Also regarding Yasuke, because this is kind of odd, because I found out in my research. Afro from Afro Samurai is also based off Yasuke. So I know if I were greenlighting a project for Yasuke, I would be like, if you're going to do this, you need to tread new ground than Afro Samurai. Because this has been done before. Afro Samurai, a much looser take on that because it has its own like
0: sword fighter thing going
6: on. But like,
3: yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Also,
0: your (laughs) audio is, uh, I don't know if the input or something. Okay, yeah. uh, Emma, go yeah, ahead.
6: Yeah, like, I have a lot to say about Yasuke, but I, talking about the production side of things, uh, there might have also been, I think the creator wanted to make it anime style because he has said before that he grew up with anime and really loved it and wanted to do something with it. But on the Netflix side of things, it is far cheaper to hire a company in japan to create a short anime than it is to hire american animation studios and daniel you and i were talking and i said i suspect they had a shoestring budget yeah to make yasuke just based on the the quality of the animation coming from that studio which by the way does like is doing the final season of like attack on titan and some of these other really big titles and If you look it up, there is actually a little bit of controversy around how poorly paid the people were who worked on Yasuke. That something like Attack on Titan is getting almost $300,000 per episode to be made, whereas Yasuke, people were making somewhere between $25 and $38 per scene. And I what? feel like SK episodes don't have
2: a lot of scenes in them. Th- they don't. They really don't. It's <laughs> so... it's like it, it has a very it has such like a static looking like animation style that when I looked at it, I'm like, wait a minute, this is Studio Mappa What? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. They are they are way better than this. So yeah, they're, just they're like capable go- quite a bit. Yeah. And it goes back to what you, you said, Liana. It's at the very beginning of the episode. It's that because like we said because it was samurai inspired because it was samurais involved with it because ninjas were involved in this they had to go the route of like mm. well we have to do this but yep. you don't have to. You don't, really, have to you don't have to at all
6: especially when uh i see this in a lot of Western made stuff about samurai and Sengoku period is taking a lot of the tropes and character archetypes and devices from like Jidai Geki and Chambara without knowing really the history of them or the foundations or how they're used and taking them instead as signifiers of japanese and Japanese culture and history and throwing those all in the bowl and shaking it up real hard and saying that here's yeah. historic Japan and like That always gets me. And unfortunately, Yasuke is really guilty of doing a lot of that.
5: Super guilty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super, super guilty. Um, I I guess I would throw this question out there um, when we're asking this question about anime is Mm -hmm. where do we place the many kind of like French-Japanese collaborations or French versions of animation that really kind of mimic the uh, the Japanese style because there's been a long-standing tradition of those, um, you know, somewhat even longer than some of the kind of American. Um, um, Japanese crossovers.
2: I I think like one that kind of sticks out for me personally, like right off the top of my head, was a series called um, Cyber Six. I
0: literally was gonna yeah. bring that up. Um, also by the way y'all
2: by the way y'all if you watch Cyber Six you might be queer now. These aren't the rules. That that is
0: <laughs> I, I, was I was literally I was literally gonna bring to that
3: anime
1: up anime fans. We've had Sailor Moon since the yeah. 90s we we're all queer here.
0: Cyber Six yeah so cyber six is like Stefan, when, when you were when you were when you're asking a question and you were like what about these collabs or emulation
3: when yeah. i hear emulation
0: mm-hmm. cyber six yeah literally yeah, absolutely. literally so, the, the way, way yeah. literally the way they jump from the ground up to the top of the building mm-hmm. literally yeah. the way that they jump from building the building literally the way they fight it is anime it yes,
2: is but- everything about it and like and the thing is, what I what's very interesting about that when you think about the shows like that, the like the French, like the, a lot of the French shows that have like anime that are very highly anime inspired, but also they also have a very very rich long history also with working with 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 Japanese studios to to produce their stuff. Like they have a yes. r- very rich long history. Yep. But the thing is, what's so interesting about it is what they do is they don't say like this is anime. No, we're just making cartoons. Mm-hmm. That is that is what it is. It's just cartoons. It's not. We're not trying to be anime. We're just making cartoons. Another example uh, that I always love to think about that was just recently told. Like I just recently found out, season one of the t- of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles TV show was one hundred produced from the ground up by Toei. That is why you see so many video games back when, like, based on early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because Toei had such a hand in making it. They also did a lot of, like, the a lot of the marketing and the commercialization for it that it led to the video games. That's why you saw a lot of, like, if you watch, really watch, like, season one of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you see the animation is uh, compared to everything else. And you see, they lean really hard on like fighting robots on like really, like, like really visceral combat. You could see it in there. And, robots
1: were such a great tool for, oh, for yeah. early animators because you can like yes. decapitate them,
2: you can like yes, exactly. them. <laughs> but like, well, and like, and like, watch like the first season of TV and Digital. You see that like represented hardcore. So you see that in gonna... like the Mazinger
5: too. Like, I, oh yeah. Yeah. I, See, but Cyber still... 6 is a great, I think, a great example because, like, that's one of those ones where, like, the creators are Argentinian, right? But almost all of the directors, maybe all of the directors of all of the episodes are Japanese.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the source material is an Argentinian comic, but Cyber 6 was produced by a Canadian company and animated by yes. a Japanese mm-hmm. company, which also animated a ton of... Of classic Western TV shows like the Spider Man show. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah. And so we're, we're seeing like Western creators working with Japanese studios to produce really, I mean, really groundbreaking TV like Cyber Six. Everybody should yes. watch Cyber Six. Really um, mm-hmm. good. But then we see that exact same formula a Japanese sort of production studio with a Western sort of direction collaborating, but, but at a higher level. And we see a failure in Yasuke. And I think the failure lies in the fact that Cyber Six doesn't rely on the Western tropes of anime. There aren't, the world makes sense. Mm-hmm. There aren't like ninjas or like weirdly branded mechs. It is, Cyber Six is very much a sort of like a Western story but it just has is, that animation style but the style is funny, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. It's, which is so, funny
2: because Cyber Six is also heavily inspired by Babel by Babel Nise which is even funnier because of the of the shape shifting panther yeah. so that's the hilarious part about it
5: so so then this is the I'm sorry I'm I'm, I'm in teaching mode The Socratic method <laughs> <laughs> which, the, the, for so we're same sort of question where do we place things like Thundercats, right?
3: Ooh.
1: Professor, Um, may may, may I provide a universal answer?
5: Yeah, yeah, please
1: do. (laughs) Okay, so Emma, correct me if I'm wrong. Anime in Japan is just the word that they use for animated. It's just short for animation. It's cartoons, however you want to put it in my opinion, to ask the question is this or is this not anime is Missing the Forest for the Trees. You are asking the wrong question. It doesn't actually matter. It's animated. It may be considered anime as in the Japanese school thereof, but that's not really... like Categorizing these things isn't really advancing the medium, where the the interesting innovation and the interesting stories and all of that related to anime and animation as now a global discipline with a lot of crossover is what comes of the mixing of cultures um of styles of ideas anime itself as we as we perceive it the japanese expression took a lot from us comics and us cartoons which in turn us has taken a lot of inspiration they took a lot of inspiration from like live action shows which then you know you have this kind of cyclical mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. so so in my so, opinion so, yeah
5: <laughs> so thank you so much because um that's where i was headed and, and i'm sorry as like i said i've been teaching most oh you're good so much. you're but, good but but you know i think the point is is that exactly as as you point out there right like for uh for what we call like japanese animation today right It really comes to, in the group, we go all the way back to Astro Boy and things like that, right? It really comes into its own in Japan in this time frame where Japan is um, either still or just coming out of the occupation by American forces. And there are these huge intersections of American and Japanese culture um, that are happening. Um, And we certainly see uh, points of appropriation, but we also see points of genuine cultural exchange, um, in that as well. And so I think um, exactly like Liana said, we see them borrow from American um, examples of animation, and then we see kind of this this crossover. So I think at, for me, at least, I'm uh, in agreement with Liana that anime is just animation. We have a particular, and, and particularly uh, when we're looking at, at things coming out of Japan, because in the West, um animation starts out as something that's shown as shorts before films right the old Bugs Bunny cartoons and things like that that are um some of them are very adult some of them are very racist or misogynistic of course from that time period some of them yeah. far worse than others Betty Boop um, yep. <laughs> Betty Boop or if, Wait, if which in turn
1: inspired a fair bit of the Japanese side of things yeah that's the, yeah
5: that yeah if any of you have ever seen the absolutely awful uh, Cold Black and the Seven Dwarves,
2: oh boy, yeah, Ooh. That,
5: yeah. I'm
1: gonna for my lack of knowledge in this.
2: I had to, I wrote oh, a paper on that. That. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wrote it, an actual paper on that thing. It's it's rough to get through. It's it's it is rough. really rough.
5: And and, yeah. and it it comes from this period. You know, I mean, um, you know, it comes from this period. Just to give you a hint, there's a scene of these seven dwarves who are all these little short black um, gangster types in zoot suits right and uh, you know it'll give you a quick hint um and, and excuse me for using this term but i'm a historian so sometimes i use terms because i think they have impact and sometimes in an educational setting and like i said educational mode i think they need to be said because you need to understand the horror of these things they come by in this vehicle and flashing on the side of it it says um you know uh uh it has their pricing for rubbing people out. You know, it's like rubbing people out like five bucks, midgets half price, Japs free. Um, uh, yeah. So that's the you can tell the time frame, right? Yeah, that that yeah. obviously it comes from. It's horribly awful, awful racist stuff. Um, and and uh, and and but that time period, right? Cartoons are more like these kind of adult entertainment, and then it segues into. We eventually get to this point where um, cartoons and animated things become kind of fair that is considered for kids for a very long period before we start to shift back into um, animation telling other kinds of stories. Whereas in Japan, animation has always been something that has been able to tell a myriad of types of stories. So when you say anime. You're not just talking about love stories or romances yeah. or, or 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 comedies or whatever. It, it's it's been able to tell everything, which hasn't always been um, the case here. So I think it, I like agree with Liana that it's it's something that we should label. It, it's just animation, right? And anime maybe might might get us to a not necessarily a particular type, but uh, I think there's so much crossover now and, and opportunity for crossover. It's just about. Can you do it well without bringing what Yasuke? is? Oh, I,
2: I, I feel like it's it's. We've now hit a point where um, there are we have so many animation creators out there at this point that have like roots in Western animation and roots in Eastern animation that has gotten to the point that I feel like we shouldn't have to say it anymore we should not have to use the term anime inspired when we're putting out something new i feel like it is it, pointless to just it's, it's pointless to put it out there like right seen mini shows when you first look at it yeah you if you're not an anime fan you're gonna instantly think like yes it is 100 anime inspired but if you are an anime fan you can like pinpoint like yes I recognize that style of animation that was seen in that series i recognize this trope they're doing I've seen it in a bunch of other series It's we've gotten to the legit point where you don't have to say things are anime inspired just so you can try to like get views of it. You don't need to say things are anime inspired anymore just so you can make sure that it is like the hot ticket in like the media zeitgeist so people will pay attention to it. We have such a myriad of production companies and animation companies out there that, yes, a lot of them have roots in anime. A lot of them have roots in Western animation. But to say something is anime-inspired just so you can, like, make sure people are going to watch it on premiere day, that has gone out the window. And the first time that this, honestly, like, that upset me was when they did that for Castlevania, Like, that had no reason at all to say anime-inspired because, like, they didn't even say anime-inspired. They called it a Castlevania anime. Like, right off the bat, they called it the Castlevania anime. And they just kept on going with it, going with it. News outlets were calling it the Castlevania anime, the Netflix Castlevania anime. But then, not once did they say that, like... That you don't really look at you like there's nothing in there that just screams out You're like yeah this is this is an anime you know it's just a live action castlevania i guess maybe because castlevania is a is a is an ip that has roots in J- in japan itself maybe that's why they call it an anime i don't i don't know but to call it that is just is just like uh that that honestly upset me and really it's it's a thing that should really we should just stop doing
0: yeah, so I think it kind of boils down to the the label that we're talking about. And the label is kind of what's complicating things here. Um, I think on one end, there are folks, I think, with Yasuke, where you have the label and the label actually kind of muddies the story you're trying to tell because you are putting these sort of barriers upon yourself or these signifiers that you have to actually include in the story. Mm-hmm. But when we look at things, you know, like... Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. If have you oh folks watched gosh. the movie? Please watch it. That that watch that shit it. will that shit will hit you in the feels like some of the best anime out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I'm no spoilers at all, but my god, the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is an incredible piece of animation and an incredible piece of storytelling.
2: Yeah, it um, is one hundred percent. And it, but it just it just goes back to that like you can make something that is anime inspired but don't even have to say it is anime inspired at all like we don't need to
0: yeah it's just, just do it well
2: yeah I, that's it i,
0: a, I will media.
2: I, I will say as someone
1: who has been trying desperately to market my own non D system for many many years people really really like their boxes
2: Mm -hmm. they do yes they They really do the the
1: box is a comfort blanket it it's it's a it's a schema that they can view the world um so having that perception i would love to be beyond that i think we should be pushing to be beyond it but i understand the cowardice behind the decisions and yes i will use that (laughs) term thank you Um, yeah i understand the cowardice behind the money decisions to
5: Say and do these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. you're, you're not wrong in, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, ultimately, you know, for especially these bigger productions, there are these financial concerns and that's why they're making a lot of these decisions. It comes down to, to money and they've got people whispering in their ear and executives pulling strings saying, no, you're you're doing this because and it's for like you said, it is a, a, a level of cowardice and almost uh and i think this is across all media whether it be tabletop role-playing games whether it be uh film television or anything you find a lot more experimentation and bravery in things that are lower budget and independent because they don't have those that same level of concern yeah yeah
4: i i was just gonna add i i miss part of of Wally's speech, but um, I think what you're talking about was just like how you know the blend of of we don't need to call it this anymore, and, and the blend of artists being inspired by both worlds. And I think like Castlevania is obviously a very big example of that because for me, like anime style is that very like fluid combat, like the characters look beautiful, mm-hmm. the fights are fluid, um, and whereas you watch like a lot of Western, especially like modern Western animation, and it's it's more like you can almost see the frames, um, but I think you get you get some of that blend. And even like when I watched the new uh, Young Justice, Young Justice felt in mm-hmm. terms of the art style, very anime inspired to me uh, because it was just like, it was so clean and, and just it looked closer to that same style. And I think, but yeah, but I wouldn't consider that an anime. But I think similarly, like I can see as you brought that up, like this is where these two These people are growing up watching this stuff and drawing it all the time until they get into art school and get hired by somebody, and so literally it's going to inspire their style. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. this is I I understand tremendously hard. By the way, if you specialize in the anime style in art school, people will. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I've heard horror stories with that. It's rough for them out there. And I've I've personally worked with a
1: number of artists who can attest to this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think one thing to consider is that we're, we're looking at different sort of like eras in animated storytelling, right? When we're, when we're looking at early cartoons, we're seeing a clear dichotomy between, you know, Western and Eastern animation. We start to see crossover and we start to see exchange between the two. Um, But for the most part, that dichotomy kind of exists for a really long time until we start to see series like cyber six and things like that. But the conversations, weren't really all that prevalent you know, when Cyber Six was out. Is it an anime? Is it not? No, it's just an anime TV series showed in the West. Yeah. We mm-hmm. don't even think about the fact that it was made in Japan. Same thing with the classic TV shows like Spider-Man, right? Yes. Um, but yeah. now that we're living in an age of social media and a, a more globalized creative world, um, we are now having this conversation about what does it need to be called? And if we're mm-hmm. calling it anime or if we're calling it an animated series, what expectations are we putting... On the creators, as you know, a um, as investors in this, and what expectations are the audiences bringing into the viewing experience, and ultimately, that's what affected all of our you know experiences with the Aske. Now, that said, one of the main things that we wanted to talk about in you know this episode is not just the experience of a viewer when you're saying is this anime or is this not. But another experience we want to bring up is, or actually two experiences that we want to bring up is A, being seen, Mm. and B, having the opportunity to show yourself in the medium, which are two different things. Yasuke is a very good example of having the opportunity to try to show yourself in the medium, right? But another character like Piccolo, which I only black. recently learned about, yeah. Piccolo's Black.
2: Piccolo's Black. Is yeah. Piccolo's Black. Piccolo's Black. Piccolo, Piccolo's Black. Please get well, us I, started. I, I, I want, want to
0: get you started. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get you started. I'm, I'm trying to say my point, And then Wally's like, Piccolo's Black. Piccolo's Black. I'm like,
3: Piccolo <laughs> get to is Black for
0: hours. Piccolo <laughs> is an example. And what I'm learning is an example of being seen in this medium. So we've talked about you know making yourself seen through Yasuke and the challenges of doing that. But what I really want to dive into is how anime has kind of become central to sort of the black nerd experience.
5: Oh right. boy, and um, not even nerds because everybody well, watches yeah. anime now.
0: But yeah, I yeah. want to start with Piccolo because um, I need to know, and the audience needs to know why so, is Piccolo black? Tell me. So I'm not it, disagreeing. I just want to know. There are
2: many. There are many schools of thought. Um, my personal school of thought, Stefan, I I'm gonna definitely am definitely I'm definitely gonna pass it to you after I do it because I know yeah, you probably in. got got <laughs> some deep with this. But dive in. My school of thought is when it came to Piccolo, is that growing up, the token black character was the tough guy. He was the strongest. He was the powerful one. He was the stoic one. He was the one the main character would go to when shit got real. Right. So me. Tiny little Wally, sitting on the carpet, eating their cereal, watching Dragon Ball Z Sunday morning when I should be getting ready for church. is sees that Gohan got kidnapped by Reddits. And I'm like, oh, no, what's going to oh happen? Shit. <laughs> mm, oh, shit. But then out of nowhere, Piccolo's like, I'm here to help you out. And Goku's like, but wait, Piccolo? You are my enemy. And I'm like, what do you mean he was his enemy? Hold on. That's some that's some lore. I need to research. And that's that's how I got into Dragon Ball. But the point is this Young is that Wally's Piccolo... being
0: like, I need to do a lore dive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the point is, this is that Piccolo fit that archetype exactly to the key. So here's I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a page out of Stefan's book and I'm gonna do the Socratics method. And let me pose a question to you. When you think of Piccolo. Would you also think of Panthro from Thundercats? Because think of that. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: mm -hmm, (laughs) There you go. Strong, powerful, silent type, bald, brolic. (laughs) You know, look him. Mm -hmm. So, but thing is, because of that, we... Black, Wait, folk. Am I we Piccolo? were like, yeah, shit. You, I'm like Pickle. I'm like <laughs> this, Piccolo. Is this,
0: this realization uh, is happening right now, yeah. live. But yeah. thing
2: if that's but thing is that's where it started for a lot of us black a lot of us black anime fans of like especially from my generation because the only kind of there were no real like black characters for me growing up in recent anime at that time and mm-hmm. when I finally saw them all they were was I'm the strong guy. I'm the big guy. Like a great example of this, one anime uh, called Tenjo Tenge is there's a character. Yeah, I see all y'all rolling your eyes. You know, yeah, don't. Yeah, I put you on spot. You laugh. That means you watched Ten- Tenjo Tenge.
1: I haven't <laughs> watched it, but I know, I know, I know it because uh, yes, it was very popular with a certain kind of guy in college. Oh, and yep. I'm not saying that you are this kind of person. I'm just saying they were No. Because I, at the I, time I was mail casting, they were very excited to tell me about this series, and I'm like, this sounds kinda gross.
2: No, but thing is, because <laughs> the thing is, because I know exactly what type of guy because I hung out with that guy. He got me into Tang. <laughs> I did Tenge. too. That yes. Was so involved. but there is a character in Tenjotenge, and here is the character's name. I need you all to sigh in Negro with me. Bob Makihara. Why is he called Bob Makihara? Because he's big, he's black, and he has dreadlocks. That's why he's called Bob Makihara. The extent of him, and I kid you not, he's one big dick joke. I really that's what he's reduced to in that series. Yeah, that sounds is,
1: about right. He's 10 yeah.
2: That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And thing is, that was a lot of the characters in the 90s growing up watching anime. That's all we had. It was yeah. just the big, tough guy who was reduced to just being, my role is big and tough and dark-skinned. That's mm-hmm. all we had to latch on. So we had to like look at characters like Piccolo who was like, I have more depth than beyond me being big and black and not yeah. white. Because mm-hmm. Piccolo not only like was filling that art side, but also he was a surrogate father to Gohan. He trained Gohan into being the hero that he is now. Not only that, he had an amazing rich story arc where he learned about his past, who he was, because all this time he thought he was a demon. And then he learned he's actually a slug from outer space. That, That must be just mind blowing. And then he had an amazing story arc where he had this internal struggle of where he and Kami had to reform to save earth, to save the earth. And Kami had some legit baggage issues of like, I don't want to reform with you because you're a part of my life I wanted to get rid of. And oh my gosh, Piccolo is a mm. freaking amazing character. I'm getting goosebumps yeah, talking about. I him.
4: know me <laughs> too. <Damn> it, <laughs> well he's
1: like, he's like, Piccolo.
2: He's oh like my the gosh. evil side of Kami, right? But then, yeah,
1: yeah, that's but, yeah. but the evil side of Kami is like.
2: A super good dad.
1: And yeah. yeah. the best was, big, like... one of the
4: best people, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. and the part is when you think about it, is he really the evil side if he did what he can to mm-hmm. eject that from himself? Was it really common? Was the Yeah. Yeah.
0: It... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I fucking love Piccolo. So. So, a... <laughs> so 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 wait, just to summarize what what you said, Wally, so Piccolo essentially is Piccolo is a black character because Growing up, Piccolo embodied this nuanced archetype that wasn't widely available. Yes. One of a Mm -hmm. stoic, powerful mentor and surrogate father character. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. Piccolo wasn't this sort of, uh, Piccolo wasn't a stereotype like like Mm -hmm. Mr. Popo. Mm -hmm. Um, (sighs) Except for when um, Chi-Chi dressed him but yeah yeah
2: oh no but come on come on That fit was so, come on come on. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's be honest let's be honest you rock that fit in, in a minute he, he looked good yeah i don't know piccolo's iconic but
0: so so it's not the fact that so it's not the fact that piccolo is also visually an outsider among the other sort of the asian presenting characters. that's part of it is that part that is of it it is part that's of it it's one percent part of it, part of it. Yeah. Part of it. Yeah. okay, okay that wasn't mentioned when so i was like turn, is yeah
5: i i think i think like to, to to kind of like just expand on what Wally said is that, you know, when you look at television, uh, um, you know, so like 1970s television, we get some of the very like late sixties, early seventies, we get some of the very first appearances of black characters on television. Um, And throughout this kind of era and into the eighties, the majority of black characters are put into very, uh, specific archetypes. We are the thugs, we are the uh the the toughs. If we are part of a team, we are not we are not the smart one with the laborers, right? You look at BA Barackas and the A team. BA is the only enlisted man and whenever Hannibal comes up with a plan, who's the one who builds everything? It's BA, right? Um, and we're put into this very strict archetype, and so we're, we're looking for uh, a kind of representation in other places. In anime, I think the first black character I remember is Claudia Grant in, uh, in at the time, Robotech, right? But then, um, uh, but then eventually, uh, you know, I kind of backtraced that to, um, to uh, Macross. And of course in Macross, then, you know, you watch Robotech that leads you to Southern Cross, right? And, and the second part of it, and, and then the one black character in there, she naturally has to be related to Claudia because if they're both black, they got to be related, right? So, you know, um, but um, we see very rare representations in this period of black characters. And if they are, there are, you know, like these stereotypical representations. And I think with Piccolo absolutely everything Wally said but there's also a visual representation and I think for me I absolutely agree I saw Panthro as black as well watching Thundercats the first time through because there again um, he fits this kind of particular archetype but he's also he's the leader of kind of of the the mentor character right and 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 kind of has some parallels with um with Piccolo and I think it's very, very important to make the distinction with Piccolo and Panthro is that it's very easy. There's this long standing archetype um, in film and television, the magical Negro, right? That is the character who is usually put in a mentor like position, but they only exist to help the main character, usually white character, um, find themselves in some way or guide the the white character to some revelation right and and this goes all the way back to uh uncle remus in 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 uh um, song, song of the south, south yeah. and 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 so many other depictions that we can name um and it's still seen sometimes in productions today but piccolo and panthro are not that right they are uh, they are mentor characters, but they are also kind of have this kind of brilliant air. Panthro is the tactician. He's the father figure, just like Piccolo has a lot of these traits. They're also excellent fighters. They have um, this kind of very kind of multivalent um, identity to them that you just did not get in black characters in this time frame um, at all. And so I think a lot of black viewers we just adopted these characters, right? To say like, oh yeah, no, they're, those are, that's us right there. Um, um, and also I think same thing with Panther. There's a little bit of the, you know, he's got the, he's got the darker fur than the rest of the Thundercats, right? Um, right. And so we're, 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 latching on both kind of the visual and also kind of this multivalent range of, of characteristics.
0: What about you, Navarre? Yeah.
4: Um so retweet all of that both of them. Um but also for me there was two things so as a kid um the first I think the first animated movie I ever watched or remember watching was The Lion King. And of course Mufasa's voice is super iconic. Um and I learned as a kid that uh the voice actor was black. And so my brain associated deep voices with black men. Um, so that's part of it. That's a, truly a part of it. Um, for me, at least the other part of it is that I grew up around, not a lot of other black people. Like when I say not a lot of, I mean like five families in the town I grew up in. <laughs> and when you grow up in a place like that, oftentimes when you're out playing, like I talked about this before we went on, but like you're out playing and everybody wants to be the Dragon Ball Z characters. And it's always like, well, you can't be, you can't be Goku. Cause
0: and these are white kids talking
4: about like yeah like goku's oh god
5: yes yeah
1: Yeah. which extremely white character Son goku yeah (laughs) okay
4: yeah yeah so this is just a, a small tangent but i recently had steve on the show um steve of asians represents fame and steve talked about for him how how being asian felt closer to being white than it felt far away from that. And so I think in that same vein, like white people look at almost every anime character and will go, yeah, that's a white character. Um, like you're only right, maybe an attack on Titan and a few other things and, and, and other, but really those are Japanese characters, but they're that white people can latch onto them whereas like for us that's not like it literally we look so far apart you literally change into a blonde person with bl- green eyes or blue eyes so it's like yeah this you know it, it's as far from me as it can be but i think piccolo and was that othered character as well um uh-huh. he's often set apart like you oh, see yeah. when uh spoilers for a 40 year old series but you see like when he uh when they all die and they're waiting to go to train. Like he's just like, he's better than everybody else. And he just stands by himself as Sha Tien and uh, Tzu like figure their shit out. And so, yeah, yeah, he, he's always set apart, but he's always there and he's amazing. And, but yeah, that's a big part of it.
5: I feel what, I feel what you're saying, man, in my soul, because Mm -hmm. in my, in my, uh, in those, uh, early, uh, early, here's what I picked up anime and D and D, you know, I was, I went to a school that had two other black kids um and uh guess who got to be Lando Calrissian when we played Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Guess who got to be yeah. guess who got to be Boomer when we played Battlestar Galactica? Right, yeah. like yeah, so it's always this guy I, right I, here.
2: I was I was the only white kid in my white in my totally white school. So yeah, I, I feel that hard because like hey, when we were playing GI Joe. Who was roadblock and but here's the, here's the funny thing was that yeah. one time like one time right there was a cartoon show called cops right and it was a cartoon where the main character like the main character was a black dude that was the coolest shit we have ever seen in our entire
0: lives remember that right? cartoon fillmore
2: yeah that yeah. Dude, same level Gilmore. same level that was stuff, a great right? show mind you but like, here's show. a cool thing though we're playing cops right everyone and i'm like I wanna be bulletproof. They're like, no, Wally can't be bulletproof. He's a leader. But I'm like, wait. <laughs> but yeah, I this is when I'm supposed to be bulletproof. He's yeah. like, nope, Timmy's gonna be bulletproof because he's a leader and it's his house. But I'm like, wait, <laughs> this is when I'm supposed to be the leader. <laughs> so that's pretty much how it was like for a lot of black anime fans, is that we'll just lash onto those characters cuz it's like look that's all we got you know mm-hmm. that's all we can get sometimes and i just love the fact that now going forward in anime we have are now actually seeing black characters we're yes. seeing characters of darker skin it's i'm not going to say it's perfect i will say it's far from perfect but we have been getting it has been getting to the point it's, Very little, by little, by little. Mm -hmm. We're seeing Mm -hmm. more characters of darker skin actually being represented not as just a joke or a very two-dimensional character or a character that's supposed to fit into a category. We're seeing characters who have dark skin who are just on the same level and the same depth and intrigue as the main characters now. And I feel like it's we are really making progress, but not a lot yet because, I mean, the same show... We're seeing like we're seeing amazing shows like, you know, Naruto,
0: which does have killer B is killer B is a really stereotype.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like we have characters who are these powerful characters. Right. We have killer B who is like an powerful character. Right. You're great. You're amazing. You're powerful character. My whole thing is I do rap.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 The first black guy we meet in Naruto. It's like yeah. yo yo yes. yo, and he's just and he's just
0: constantly rapping. Oh, but then it's all like, like yeah. juxtaposing as like oh, he's just all, he's like all of these stereotypes. But then he's also really powerful. Really powerful. But then it's also like, makes like, terrible decisions too.
2: But then it feels like Kishimoto is like. Damn, I fucked up. We're making the cloud all of all of cloud, all of cloud are black people, all of cloud are black people, and they're yeah. all really cool. They all have level. They love depth. The whole cog is a legit pro wrestler. Let's just, let's just go. Let's just go. And- <laughs> let's,
0: just, let's just throw this out there. Okay, so then another character that I've been curious about. Um, what about? Because actually, this is a. I don't want to like drop something we hadn't discussed previously in our Discord conversation. But what about? Let's look at Cowboy Bebop anime Mm -hmm. and then the live action and you see jet black and i Mm -hmm, saw i looked this up but there was a lot of debate over is is jet black a black character in the anime even though the casting in the live action is the best part of the live action because because that is like that is the character yeah yeah so
5: Let's I mean see, he was black he it, was black to me in the anime. Phenomenal casting. Me. Yeah. And yeah, he, he,
1: he was voiced by uh one of like the most venerable and mm-hmm. talented black voice actors in yes. in a generation. Yeah. Yes. yeah.
5: yeah. Is- I, th- I I think there's a, a particular like uh thing here um that I just wanted to throw out. There's a scholar uh by the name of David Goldenberg and he wrote an art- article Um, titled Racism, Color Symbolism, and Color Prejudice. And one of the things um, that he talks about in this article is kind of um, some of the formations of of kind of the colorism angle of racism. And this idea that, um, as kind of Wally alluded to, when white anime fans are watching, uh, they're watching anything really, they can very easily place themselves into the characters who may be Japanese or they may be um, of another ethnicity, right? But typically not black. Uh, Whereas anyone who is black trying to go the opposite direction, right? Place themselves into a character who is white or even a character who is Japanese or anything like that is when you get this really uh, big explosion. And um, one of the things he talks about is that um, the idea of um, – and there's these just long-standing ideas of colorism, of black being associated with evil and filth and all of these other things um, throughout cultures around the world. Um, it's not just unique uh, to America, but it's throughout Asia and all, all sorts of other places around the world um, that – that we like certainly there's homogenization of cultures all over the place, but, uh, black, uh, colorism tends to very much homogenize all of the black experience and condense it regardless of where, uh, where your roots are or where you may have these connections in the, in the, in the diaspora. Um, and that that gives a particular locus that doesn't allow, uh, black fans to kind of translate the same way. So, of course, we've all seen the stuff on, on, on television or on the Internet, I mean, where, where people who are white can dress up as a, 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 an anime uh, character um, who is presumably Japanese with next to no comment right um someone black does it and people lose their shit mm. <laughs> um, right. they just yeah. lose their shit um and 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 the same thing like people in japan or in asia can similarly very easily usually translate into uh, uh, um cosplaying as white characters right usually without much commentary uh but particularly for for Black people in, and there's kind of a a a good bit of data to show the darker you are, the more shit you're going to get um, in this. Um, there's just kind of this this very like colorism angle that plays into this, and I think that kind of also plays into when we're selecting, kind of adopting um, these characters.
0: Yeah. So, so I guess on on signifiers, right? And good good and bad poor uses of it. So obviously. Killer B is a is a bad use of like. Hey, this is supposed to be a black character, so we're going to use these stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Despite this character growing up and living within the world of ninjas, is is also a rapper. Yes, um, right. So right. what about what about not even liked by his own? Yeah, not, yeah, <laughs>
2: not even liked. But he didn't even. Yeah, have he's, good a he's a joke. He's a joke He's a
0: joke. Yeah. What about then? Um, a character like Chad in Bleach. Oh, a character who was like oh. who was like kind of grow growing up in Japan and all that and very be very clearly really being portrayed Mexican. as in... Yeah. Yeah. So so what about that character?
2: I, I I loved the story of Chad because that was a story I went through growing up. Because I was like to go even further into like the way I grew up, um yeah, I grew up in New York City. But I grew up in, like, the Upper West Side. I grew up where, in a lot of the schools I went to, I went to the school called the Ethical Culture School, which is, like, a super white academy system in New York City. It starts in the Ethical Culture System. It goes to the Fielsen Academy. Very, very white. Like, my mom, she fought to make me, like get into this school. She wanted me to have a good education. But the downside is I was gonna be the only black kid in that school. On top of that, I am very tall. Like I am six foot six. Mm. I was very tall for my age. So oh, I towered over kids.
0: That's just like in please,
2: Chad, exactly. <laughs> Chad's story was like reading Chad's story, how Chad felt awkward standing out because everyone would pick fights <laughs> because he was different and he was big. That I related to that story so hard. Yet yeah, I'm not Mexican. I'm Black. But the fact is that I was someone who sh- was not from that world. Yes,
0: I exactly. Was
2: not from. I was not in. I was not from that culture at all, whatsoever. I did not in my childhood. I did not grow up around Black people. I grew up a lot of a lot of White kids. So when I was when when Bleach came out. And I was already in public school by the time Bleach came out. So in, when then I was around black kids. But when Bleach came out and I read those chapters with Chad, I just, it felt this, someone saw me and said, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's your story. I'm seeing finally seeing my story being told in this manga. And Chad was just like, there was this really great moment of when, spoiler for a
0: 20-year-old series, um, oh, when Chad
3: don't
0: tell me how old that is. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I, have, I have the first 16 volumes of the manga on my shelf right over there. I
1: didn't need to know how old it is. But there's, there's this moment
2: when Chad first unlocks his power. You see his so grandfather cool. sitting down with him like he's like, Miho, you're, you're always going to be bigger no matter what. You're always gonna be bigger. You're always gonna be stronger than the people around you here in this country. Because he didn't say, he didn't say people around you. No, he said when you're here, you will always be bigger. You will always be stronger. People will want to fight you because you are that different. But what you need to do is you need to hold back that strength. That you hold over these people until the right moment. And if that is not something, every black kid going into a predominantly <gasps> white situation is told by their parents that you should not do anything to makes to make it look that you are a threat to anyone. whoo boy, Kubo Tite, man, spin.
0: Yeah, so like that's the I, I wanted to bring bring up Chad, not because like Chad is not a black character, but the experience is exactly what you folks had mentioned.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Daniel, it's 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 survival for us. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. Yeah. Imaginative survival. We 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 went into these spaces to escape and we latched on to the people that spoke to us. And oftentimes those Mm -hmm. people were also the othered. Yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah, I think absolutely like one hundred percent. Like that is like you know, I, I, I think when we see, when we look at black characters, particularly in productions coming out of, of Japan and Asia in general, um, we see these characters that we latch onto, even though we also see some like awful stereotypes kind of like woven into that, right? Um, because there are just kind of these conceptions that are dealt with. You know, I follow uh, multiple people on, on YouTube who are black people who live in Japan. And they talk about like certain things that it's like, look, like if you live in Japan and you're black, you're just gonna have to deal with. This. People are gonna come up to you and touch your hair without asking. That's just the nature of it. You better get used to it. It's gonna happen. Like, um, and they talk about like um, assumptions that are made about them and things like that. And and you can see that kind of come out in in certain anime uh, productions. And and I think even when that's happening, right? Uh, even when it's like maybe an awful stereotype it's something that if you're black, you can relate to because we've all been in those situations. We've all been in those things where we've been viewed that way, where we've been seen that way. Um, and, and, and we kind of like take that. And we're like, we, yeah, as Marr said, it's like imaginative survival. We are, yeah. there's a kinship um, that we feel there. So,
2: something I just, something this dawned on me. And I'm going to ask both of you, I'm asking the rest of you guys, if you, feel that this way, maybe this is the reason why the big three at that time, Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, all the main characters of those shows, of those three big three, which is now viewed in the African American community as like the go-to, the goats of action anime. Those three shows all had one thing in common. The main character was an other. The main character was an outsider. You had Luffy, who was this guy made out of rubber who should was just this can't wacky wacky dude who can't
0: sw- oh, wants wow. to be a pirate
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this wacky dude trying to be the king of the Pirates this guy's made of rubber that's just that's wacky as heck why are you trying to be the king of pirates I don't know I'm gonna do it you can't tell me otherwise but you can't do it you can't tell me others I'm gonna do it anyway that's that's loopy Naruto is from jump was a kid who was ostracized uh, just demon for inside born yeah. just for being yeah. born he was ostracized and then you had ichigo a kid who had red hair in japan he didn't have he didn't he never dyed his hair that was the thing he had naturally red hair so he stuck out and that's why chad and him became boys because they're like you're big you're tall i have red hair we're gonna stick out we're gonna beat up every single party that messes with us it's the fact is that these were three anime where the main characters were these outsiders that that moved past the fact that they were outside and became these amazing heroes. And I feel like maybe that's the reason why a lot of black anime fans just latch on to those three shows specifically. And mm-hmm. by extent, even Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I was gonna say because Dragon Ball because Piccolo. Oh. Yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah. it's the same thing. It's that we're we see the other, and we are latching ourselves to the other and Maybe that's the reason
5: why we are just so drawn to those shows. No, I, I totally agree. I think there's there's definitely that we, uh, you know, when when you've uh, lived the experience of being the other, you kind of seek out the other in entertainment, and you you seek out those traits, even if like, and a lot of times you 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 can match them up with some of the visual aspects like a piccolo or or like a panther, but sometimes even if it's not that like you are you are engaged in a piece of entertainment and you like set out and you you look and and that kind of like connection of the other
0: speaks to you yeah yeah that's yeah living like i I like what you said you're living with the experience of being the other you seek and latch on to that in media when you Mm -hmm. see something relatable (laughs) Can yep.
1: I shove us a bit in it? Because like, ha- we have Emma here too, and I really, really wanted to talk about this. Um, and I think this is a great time. So Let's do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Mugen. Yeah, oh.
3: yeah I was going
0: to say Yeah, I was like, yeah. Because so, <laughs> um, no. so, okay. I know you yeah. just rewatched Samurai Chablou, which, again, another fantastic I, I rewatched
1: as much as I had time to in between playing in extraordinary amounts of CW3, which I do not regret. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I've been playing Gets so, Impact all week. I feel it. I, I
1: feel <laughs> I found Mugen, and then I saw Yorichi mentioned as well, who I believe falls into this category, as does Brock from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. There are characters mm-hmm. in anime who kind of textually, uh, Mugen very textually, are Ryukyu or kind of from that the the islands to... Is, is it the south of Japan? Because uh, I know say, Okinawa yeah, is part sort
6: of, of it. Islands. There, there's a bunch of different islands. Kingdoms, cultures, right? <laughs> groups within there, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're so, considered kind of ethnic
1: minorities in in the greater
6: Japanese. Up, yeah, yeah. They were a separate ethnic group entirely. The whole region was only taken over, I believe, around World War One time when Japan was just like, "You're ours," and they're like. Ugh. <laughs> 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 me yeah. the vietnamese girl being like oh hey that's what china
1: tried to do for to us for centuries <laughs> um but i i always found it interesting because i see a lot of these characters talked about um in relation to how they resonate with black audiences and and i do i do wonder um if because they they when done right are being portrayed as kind of the ethnic minority in the in the Japanese schema that that in turn relates to how how like black viewers might also have that interpretation because it has a kind of the similar through line. So I wanted to hear what people say on that uh, and then have what well, we have Emma here, since you can provide all the wonderful cultural context. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Spotlight. I mean, I think, like, yeah.
4: Yeah. I, I think when Boom. it comes to like the, the Mugen, like, you talked about like being a diff- different ethnic group, but anytime you have a character who's like shaded, darker has an Afro and is breakdancing.
0: That's it's a pretty quick through line for <laughs> yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On top yeah. of the sort of the, the musical sort mm-hmm. of layering yeah. of Samurai Chamblee. Music was yeah. so well, Yes, And, and
1: yeah. Shinichiro Watanabe, the director is very, um, he did Bebop. He did Carolyn Tuesday, which is also excellent. Um, mm-hmm. He, he is probably one of the more progressive, larger directors in Japan, and he always does make an effort to do right, even by like gender diversity and things like that. He doesn't always hit the mark. I could certainly speak quite a bit on Trail and Tuesday, and if we want to do gender in anime, Let's yeah, do it. By I'll, the
0: add, way, a I'll add it. I'll that's a, add a it. really good topic. I'll add it. Yeah. Well, that's a really good one. If, if but, you're listening or watching to this. <laughs> watching to this watching this get in touch with me <laughs> oh god get in touch with a good me sentence. let's let's i want to go to there um <laughs> let's let's have a um let's let's get some folks in this um we'll yeah. find some guests i'm gonna i'm literally i'm gonna write it down right now um we're gonna episode number two to be determined gender and what, what did you want to call it
1: uh gender identity inanimate
0: Um, While you're doing that,
4: Daniel, so Emma, I'm, I personally don't know enough, but really anything at all about that, like region in terms of like, obviously it sounds like they were darker shaded skin color, but they were, did they also have like thicker hair too?
6: Uh, yeah, the thing that I really like to talk about in general is that everyone needs to give up on the idea of Japan being a a homogenous nation because there is a lot of Human variation, especially since yeah, what counts as Japan goes all the way from Taiwan up to Far East Russia. Like mm-hmm. you got yeah. everything. Yeah, but what's complicated is especially for samurai champlu, which champlu is like I think it's an Okinawan specifically, but it is a non- like southern islands thing. It's like a type of stew. Watanabe seems to have a bit of a fascination with Ryukyu and the southern region, and I think part of that might be also there's, because of the U.S. naval base in Okinawa and World War II and a lot of the Black American soldiers, there are a lot of mixed Black kids that are coming out of southern Japan in particular. Like, it gets really complicated.
3: (laughs) And
6: because Sevra Champli was anachronistic, like, it's not trying to completely draw from one thing or the other. I think Mugen is intentionally coded as Black. But he's also... He straight up says he's UQ, and and it's set in, like, (laughs) a certain time period, and yet it's not. So that one's tricky. But, yeah, there are, like... A lot of other characters who are quite a bit darker, like Brock, who I'm pretty sure is just coded as, like, a dark Japanese person. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> but, like, that's where reception becomes interesting, because it's, like, it's not up to me who, like, who he actually is, or if a community wants to claim him, like, go for it. Yeah. Uh, but again, is a tricky one.
5: I, I, I think that that uh, uh, Emma Ray's is a great thing. If any if anyone out there who's watching this has not read Stuart Hall and read his ideas on reception theory, uh, I highly, highly recommend it um, because it really, really explains um, a great many things and how one how people can miss things that they should have caught, why we need sensitivity readers and things like that, because it's really our experiences and our uh, our lives that kind of shape how we receive things, right, and how we, we view things. And there's a bunch of things interplaying in there. Um, and so that once someone's released something out into the world, a, a, a production out into the world, like they may still own the legal rights, but once it's out in the world and we're receiving it and we are you know decoding it as viewers, we are um, we're bringing all of our own ideas and baggage and experiences into that and viewing these things. So that's where kind of this idea comes from, as of, of of black people like having these kinships with these characters, because all of those experiences that we've had growing up, be it be it the talk or be it like any of these other things that are just kind of standard things for black people to experience, we can kind of relate and we can kind of see those in these characters, and even if um, even if we it's not like one hundred percent, we're like oh no. Well, man, we're claiming that it's not like a one, It doesn't
0: have to be a one to one,
5: exactly. Yeah. So,
0: like Mugen is a great example. So, Emma, to kind of summarize, because we're talking a lot of we're talking a lot about a lot of really complicated stuff here. So, for Mugen, despite the sort of um, the the southern Japanese sort of setting, the differences in, in clothing, uh, even like weaponry too, and stuff like that, Mugen is coded as Ryukyun, but with the historical anachronisms of the show and the musical inspiration and the fact that he's like a breakdancing sword also, fighter. that trope. the
6: time period.
0: And, yeah.
6: They, it's getting into, like, the Edo period, I do believe. Where there would and be crossover. There, something that people, because they see Japan as homogenous, just tend to ignore is that there have been mixed-race people. In Japan for hundreds of years by that point. <laughs> there were mixed black people in Japan starting sometime around the late 1500s because of Portuguese contact and all of the people that were on their ship at the time. So, you know, historically it's even possible, but I don't think that's the point with Mugen. He is coded as the outsider. He's the rebel and some of the ways that what what wanted to show rebelliousness and free-spiritedness was through things like break dance and loose clothing and whatever like he he definitely borrowed a lot mashed some things up
2: i think also the Just best to... thing they, they got nugibee's like to create so much of the music for the show and Bees is like such a rest in peace Bees. like he was such an iconic key in like the hip-hop community in general yes that they it's kind of like oh boy this is full circle it's kind of like when you look at yasuke right you see that when they made yasuke they were like okay we're making a, an animated series about a samurai we what, could a, what, what could have been it's what could have been yeah we're gonna throw in make it anime as heck but then you look at the inverse of samurai champloo where it's like we have a character who is going to be black-coated we are not going to we're throwing in hip hop culture because the carrot. the guy who made the series had such a deep respect for hip hop culture. And you see it in you see it in the you see it in the series. It is not like it's not just there just to enhance just to like because the character is black coded No, you see the respect there, you see the love there. And that kind of like what goes with what you're saying there, Emma, is that he uh, it's, it's like an, obviously a southern region of Japan, but he put in love and respect for right. it that you can see that being radiated out there. And that m- makes the character different from like uh, when you see a, any other character, like other characters in anime who are black-coated. But this one is black-coated. This, in this to is... Right to
5: put to put that, just to put the cap on what Emma said, the, the historical Yasuke arrives in Japan in 1579.
0: yeah. There you go. It's it's yeah. But also I think to to Wally's point, this is the exact same conversation that Stefan and I had about black exploitation in Kung Fu cinema. Mm -hmm. Uh It is the exact same crossover. It is the exact same reason why Cleopatra Jones doing martial arts is an homage to that relationship. It is the exact same reason why you you know, Samurai Champloo is great because, again, like you mentioned, that respect is the exact same reason why Man with the Iron Fist is a fantastic movie, because it respects the roots of, A, like Wu-Tang Clan's roots, because it is a Wu-Tang, is a Wu-Tang Clan movie, basically, right? Um, it, it is yeah, a It is. Look, cool. yeah. tang
2: that, yeah. right? that, is, that is the RZA's self-insertion self-fanfic, all right? Oh, 100%. Let's, let's all put look, it out
0: there. I hope to one day have enough money Wu-Tang. to just make a, make, make a, a fanfic. Like by myself, right? <laughs> there's a honest.
5: there's a whole episode just in Wu Tang Clan, man. Yeah, just 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 talking about that that, that crossover. Yeah, really, that...
0: that's a whole episode in itself. <laughs> I mean, we we do that. I'm down to do that. Um, I'll add that to the list as well. But but like, I think Yasuke is an example of how that doesn't work. How that cross that genre crossover that cultural exchange is not quite equal, Mm-hmm. right? And whether that be studio interference, because we don't know if Netflix right. is like sprinkle some mecha on it. Like we want right. some mecha. On I don't, I do
6: so I can't say for sure, but I do think more money and time would have made for a very different product <laughs> because the, then there the could be actual conversation.
1: <laughs> the budgetary concerns tells me that the studio didn't faith. really have, didn't faith have faith in, faith the in project. It. And I, I'm yeah. not gonna, I'm not gonna make any assumptions about LaShawn Thomas. Um, I definitely, just, just from what I see, because again, I, I have a Netflix editor right now, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. But even like reading the information I could see on it, um, whether it was time or whatever, there did not seem to be a strong directorial vision behind the full product. Because things like Shampoo, um, sh- and, and just kind of in general, or like Avatar, they show us. In this constant churn of cultural exchange, when you apply care and respect, it empowers the medium. It it brings us mm-hmm. further. Um, yes, and that mm-hmm. that respect makes lets us all grow together.
0: I think the the good faith argument is that it's not Lashawn Thomas's fault, because mm-hmm. if you look at Lashawn Thomas's resume, mm-hmm. yeah. it it says otherwise, right? Because if you look at, if you just look at LaShawn Thomas's IMDb, you see some very iconic things and you see very good things, here, right? LaShawn Thomas was a storyboard artist on Legend of Korra. You mentioned Avatar. LaShawn Thomas, storyboard artist on Black Dynamite, amazing series.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, Yes.
0: LaShawn Thomas worked on like, uh, like, Cannon Busters. Oh God, Cannon Busters. Like, Cannon Busters. Sorry, I don't know why I mentioned that last, but like, incredible incredible series now i know agatha producer agatha's in here telling us that we're we're running out of time (laughs) we're we're running out of time uh one minute left so here's here's what we're gonna do we should do a part two because we have i'm down
5: i'm down (laughs) down. we have one
0: two three four five six Seven questions from patrons that we did not even touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, we didn't
1: get a chance to talk about how American cultural exports of racism hurt the medium. Yes, like, oh, I really, boy, really yes. wanted to get into because yes. if well, I had to see Panther in the Ishield Twenty m- One manga, I'm oh my gosh, flick that oh, shit on gosh. the rest of you. And like yeah. the yeah.
6: legacy of ideas mm-hmm. that are no longer acceptable in the U.S. don't have the same discussion and, and yeah. general dismissal. Yeah. In Japan, so you still see things. uh, We were
0: talking about, and uh, (laughs) we we talked about. Komi can't communicate. A really good example of that. Like, look,
2: I love me, I love me some Oda. Oda, I call him Goda, (laughs) God tier fixed peak writer. But I will never forget him for Afro Luffy. I will never forgive him
5: for Afro Luffy at all. The Twitch chat is calling for 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 a part two. So, so the Twitch yeah. part
0: two. Okay, so here, here's what we here's what we'll do. Since we're, I I want to hold myself accountable to this, and we, we should hold and not not because Liana is like staring at me in the middle of my screen. It's like you, you better fucking do this, Daniel. No more three year wait. Um, um, so I think. That again, if you folks are available, we do not have an episode slot for the seventh of October. Oh, that's good for me. Okay, is good for me. I, yeah.
2: Wally's in. That was very.
0: That was yeah. very like. That was like. That was like.
6: That sounded like you oh. might not be available.
3: Yeah. No. Like, no. I, it it was a realization.
2: That's also my like. That's like a celebration. I so I call. Because it was like month, a, oh. I call October my the month of Wally. That's why, because Excellent. it's my birthday month.
0: My birthday so, month too. When's your birthday? Oh, October tenth. I'm a perfect ten. October twenty
5: eighth. Oh my god, <laughs> you're
6: special, just like me. Oh my god, we're special. We like we're
5: October. like kindred spirits. <laughs> 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 the, the, seventh, the seventh, works for me. So uh, works for me.
0: Navar, Yeah, check. I know you. I know you got to check. I got, I I got a lot of. I got a lot of responsibilities. You got yes. responsibilities. He's a, he's a busy about, man. But, but what about anime? <laughs> put your in oh, i was actually, gonna tell no, the that's, that's at the uh, beginning
4: i forgot i my kids know that when i charge up a kamehameha it's, it's oh no you're no oh, yeah okay cuz <laughs> okay cuz
0: i mean there are other things yeah, i want to talk would about would it
1: would it be the 7th or would it be the um
0: the oh. 14th
1: it would I'm, be. I'm going. I'm going by my uh, no, by would, the woven schedule. No, it would be the seventh because because
0: Asians represent is always on the first and third Friday of the month. Right.
1: Oh shoot! Our, our threaded our perfectly threaded needle is going to fall
0: apart. Um. So I was going to say the seventh, alternatively, to accommodate Liana, because it would be a travesty if I was like, let's do another anime episode, and Liana, and, and Liana wasn't there. Yeah. Liana, yeah. can you do the thirtieth of September? Yes. Everyone else, except Navar. I know, Navar, you got to check because you've you got responsibilities. <laughs> I can do the 30th of September. I, I can do the 30th. Works for me. Okay. So, te- tentatively, 30th based on Navar. No pressure. <laughs> Twitter and chat, you know what to do. Um, yeah. Do yeah. <laughs> uh, 30th, 30th, not of November, up, 30th of said. September. Uh, so, we're going to make that happen. Um, I've got a lot of things I want to talk about because, like, the, the sort of cross for me, I'm a huge MMA fan. I l- love MMA, and one of my, for me, a huge moment was seeing Israel Adesanya, mm. literally, come out right in the death note, in the cage, and then pull up the Rock Lee pose out away yes. and on Anderson Silva, and th- he 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 embodies this sort of crossover to me. Um, you see somebody powerful, somebody successful, and somebody just so comfortable being themselves. Mm-hmm. Talk about Asian shit, and I love it. Um, yeah. So, thirtieth of September, we are going to do a follow up, a part two to this, but it's going to be much heavier. We're going to talk more about the negatives. We're going to talk about the really poor stereo like representations, the bad stereotypes, the like you said, Emma, the, the American cultural exports of racism that hurt anime as a medium. I think that was your... My, Liana said, said that. Liana, I said, you,
6: like, the history of those said, things that haven't been analyzed as much in Japan.
0: Right, and the leg- you said the legacy of ideas that, that aren't acceptable in the West yet do not receive the same sort of attention in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about those things and the reason, another reason, We'll answer those questions that we did not answer on this episode on the thirtieth uh, we'll do yeah, we'll sorry. basically <laughs> make that a special episode, and the first Friday of the month, I'll figure out something there um, but yeah i wanna I wanna thank you folks because this was honestly the time just flew by. I'm not saying that like time doesn't fly by because time flies by for every episode, but this was an experience. I was really looking forward to hearing about piccolo and learning about that because like there's one thing like, yeah, I'll go and, and there is, there is the book piccolo is like piccolo is black. There is that mm-hmm. book that you can buy. Um, but I wanted to hear it from people that I know people who, who I've connected with on a, on a personal level. Um, I wanted to hear it from my friends. And so I'm really, I have a lot of thinking to do because I, I want to reflect on that. I want to think about other characters And where I've had that moment of that is me Hmm. because the only one I can think of in recent memory is Glenn from the walking dead. And I'll say, I will say this till the day I die. (laughs) Glenn, when Glenn and Maggie got together on the walking dead, that was my moment on TV because up until that point, unless you're Jet Li, Asian men weren't seen as desirable by any yeah, other, yeah. by anyone else, mm-hmm. very intentionally Absolutely.
1: applied due to white supremacy and yes. misinformation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or how like also, rest, in, rest Shidi, in peace, Aaliyah. Yeah. Um,
0: yep. Amen. Cool. But, oh boy. But, but like, I mean, <laughs> I'd do a whole <laughs> yeah. episode. We could do a whole thing on like Romeo Must Die and Cradle to the Grave, mm. and also rest in peace. DMX. Yes, we could. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yes, but, we could. I mean, that's a whole episode because <laughs> those are really interesting things to do, like to discuss and break down too. Because we've talked about, yes, We've talked about you know the seventies. We didn't really talk about like the '90s and the 2000s. We we, we alluded to it. Started. I mean,
5: I mean, part two of the a uh, part two of the of that other episode. Part two I'm, of that I'm other game, one. I'm game two like to I, talk about like those these these newer uh, iterations of like the kung fu um, Asian crossover. I think yeah, there's a like, lot to talk about there. Talk
0: about Rush Hour. Talk about like honestly, I will say like Cradle to the Grave and Romeo Must Die are. I would say. More important examples of this because they they feature yes. these really yeah. really important icons to the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I would say like a- Aaliyah and yeah and like BMX are es- are more icons than say Chris Tucker.
2: Especially Cradle to the Grave because um, awesome that was like and Anderson S- a, a too. V, yeah 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 yes. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was also the first time we had a white character playing the bumbling sidekick out of Tom
5: yep. Arnold's, which is kind of like yes. a win for me yeah. in my book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely, yes, one hundred percent.
0: So that will be that will be another episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for those of you who are watching us live, watching us on YouTube, or listening uh, on the podcast feed, we're going to be back with another follow up. We didn't answer your questions. We're sorry. We just got so into talking about Chad. Piccolo oh, okay. and Mugen, which I think does, are... Oh, go and Panthro. And Panthro, yeah. sorry. It does
6: mean that if people have more questions that we can just keep collecting those up and maybe answering them next time.
0: If we're going to have too many questions <laughs> and then that means we're going to have to have a part three. Yeah. Oh no! An attempt will be made.
3: Yeah. Oh
0: no, is this just turning into an anime podcast?
3: <laughs> I mean... Um, I mean... <laughs> It's she discovered
1: us. my master plan. Abort, abort.
3: <laughs>
0: I was going to say, I don't think Liana would reject that idea. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's why Liana, you went snap. And then all of a sudden things changed for me. Yeah. I've been yeah. hypnotized. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, this episode was, I, I, first of all, I know we're over time. I want to thank like all five of you for joining me. I know we've had like technical issues coming in and now not sure what happened there. We'll try to resolve it next time. Um, But I I must say, this has been a really incredible conversation about Mm, Mm -hmm. connecting with media that may not actually, where you may not actually be the intended audience, right? Connecting with media and connecting with characters who have experiences similar to you and sometimes, like Piccolo, making them your own. Mm. Uh, And I am very excited to talk about some of the negative stuff not saying i like negativity but i think it's important for us to both examine the positives and set a groundwork like set like a foundation and do some of that groundwork for deconstructing a lot of that negativity because when we go into part two where we as like an audience and i i say i am the audience because i am the host so i am the audience for this this conversation at least the audience are, are more informed as to where you folks are going to be coming from when it comes to sharing these experiences. And I'm not just saying, you know, Wally, Navar and Stefan, I'm also talking about you, Emma and you, Liana, um, Mm -hmm. because I think folks, you know, marginalization comes in a a variety of ways. And I think the next episode we can examine that. Um, I'm very excited to, to sort of dive into that topic. Um, and, uh, we have a lot of people to actually thank for that uh we have some uh, amazing supporters on patreon who make this happen uh the folks on i was gonna say the, the the folks on patreon are the reason why we have this amazing new platform riverside except it gave it a ton of issues this uh this friday but
5: blame that on the patreon but i'm not gonna
0: blame that on the on the patrons because the patrons are incredible uh the patrons are the reason why Honestly, I I haven't pulled the plug on Asians Riverside.
6: They're also um, not the reason why you chose Riverside.
0: That too, yeah. Yes,
3: yeah, yeah, they're also it.
0: not the reason why I chose that, but the, the patrons are the reason you know, why this show is still here, and we have a, a lot of folks to, to thank for that. Um, obviously, I would just say, like, unofficial sponsor of ages represent valorous games uh valorous <laughs> games uh, in, incredible so, so honorable um so oh honorable. god you, oh hey, stab me, right, me right
1: in
2: the middle of the scene oh. Oh,
0: um he said so, so, he said so, the
2: thing guys look I said, I
0: said it said, i said the i said the h word um <laughs> look so like so honorable. I am honored to have your support, but I'm also honored to have you as a friend and have you on the show as a guest. Um, so shout out to Valorous Games. I
1: always love coming back.
0: Go by to make
1: you do more anime episodes so I can. I mean... <laughs> backdoor my way out to the stream more.
3: <laughs>
0: I you know I was like I was like one episode a season, we'll do like a crossover where we have folks from the black community come out to agents represent and now I'm like, let's just do like half of this season. Um or or, or all of it um if, we, if as long as we keep finding topics i don't care um i said it during the recordings with navar and stefan we just need to do more crossovers and i think this is the natural yeah. evolution mm-hmm. of the asians represent and of course i know we've already scheduled another episode but wally always welcome i mean um, i i
2: i Like Asian culture has been such a big part of my life growing up because, look, when you go to high school in the financial district and Chinatown is legit three blocks away, you know what you're going to be doing after school. That's why I play Yu-Gi-Oh! all the time. So, but um, that and buying $5 videos of anime.
5: Yep.
0: Yep. 100%. We also have a couple of other folks to thank for that. Uh, Another um, very honorable company, Metal Leaf Games. Uh, congratulations on the recent award on your cyberpunk setting with another agents represent alum kiana uh also thank you to most honorable bob c jt dungeon glitch matt um always signal boosting folks Uh, michelle and stefan thank you for for your support as well Uh, also just thank you for your knowledge i do have a question for you that i want to ask um after i thank most honorable times two epic impulse Um, for their support as well. Um, Stefan, you mentioned, and this kind of goes full circle with our conversation about academia. Yeah. You mentioned Stuart Hall and reception theory. Yes. One thing about academia that I find really hard for folks Mm -hmm. is how difficult it is to actually get resources unless you are within the system.
5: Oh, Tell me about it.
0: You mentioned Stuart Hall and reception theory. What is the most accessible piece, like piece of work that they've done that you would recommend folks?
5: Um, I will uh, hold on one second. Let me let me pull like, up the have,
6: Wikipedia summary of this stuff isn't bad.
5: It's not
0: bad at all.
6: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but
5: OK, I, but again, I want to
0: want to make I want to ask. Just to just to check in, but yeah, if there is there is a book that somebody can get at their their local library, or um, if you
5: do um, if you do a Google search, okay, um, you will find um, uh, a couple of articles pretty easily in PDF. One is uh, the West and the Rest: Discourse and Power, um, an article there.
0: Okay, um, found it you will in PDF. Yeah, Hull.
5: yep, and you will also find the Spectacle of the Other. By Stuart Hall, um, if you do a search, there should be a, a readily available PDF for that as well.
0: Okay, perfect. Uh,
5: both of those uh, really great um, kind of um, introductions to what what Hall's
0: doing. Fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm going to put those into our show notes, and of course, patrons will have access to yeah. all those show notes once that's, I edit them.
5: That's a huge part of why I do what I do in Twitter. There's a there's a, a growing movement in in academia. Um, that uh, those of us who are really not happy with the whole paywall situation and things like that and 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 we are we are today um, and I mentioned this i think when i when I was on the episode before is that we are paying the price right now for academia 's ivory tower uh, um, kind of situation uh, we don 't teach proper science education, and that 's caused misunderstandings about the way vaccines work and it 's put us in a situation in this p- pandemic we don 't teach proper critical thinking and historical teaching uh, ways of assessing history and that's put us into problems with uh, a a recent president that shall remain nameless and and, and plenty of other things. Um, And the the reason that people can say with a straight face that the the Civil War wasn't about slavery and that's one of the reasons I do what I do on Twitter because I'm trying to challenge that because that's something about academia that constantly frustrates me. We need to be getting these things out to the people on, 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 you know, out in the public because not doing that is is costing us in a big way
0: yeah yeah well said and producer agatha has said we're 15 minutes past we're gonna come back for part two on september 30th i want to thank all of you folks who are watching thank you to everyone who rated us on twitch you folks are awesome stay tuned i'm gonna have everyone's socials on the youtube video that comes out the following monday after the stream and the show notes of the audio that also comes out on the Monday. I'm really excited. If you folks have any questions, ask them on social media. Uh, before we go, just shout out your social media. Let's uh, go on order right now. Let's start with Stefan, and we'll end with Emma. Stefan, where can people find you online?
5: Umbral Night underscore, or it's Umbral underscore Night X on Twitter.
0: Liana. Uh,
1: at Valor Liana, one word.
0: At Valorous Games. Uh,
4: Navar. Yes, at Valor's Games. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. At Navar S N P, that's N-A-V-A-R-S-N-P, like Secret Nerd Podcasts, and the podcast you can find at Secret N R D Social. Heck yeah. Wally.
2: You can find me at W-A-L-L-E 132, like the cute little Disney robot Wally132. Heck yeah. And then Emma. <laughs> uh
6: <laughs> perhaps the most complicated. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter as at Starchiologist, because I'm an archaeologist who uses starch. Uh-huh. Didn't think about it when I wrote it that I would ever have to say it out loud, but yeah, here we are.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, go follow all these amazing people.